This is interview number 54 and I'm speaking with David Taylor. Welcome to the Mama Legend archival interview, David. Thank you. Now, could we start by exploring how and when you came to drama teaching and drama in, ed in education? Okay, well, uh, back in 1962, um, I just finished my matric and I was awarded a Commonwealth scholarship and also a studentship. Do you know what a studentship? I remember studentships, yeah. yes. So for anybody who's younger who might watch this, <clears throat> back in those days, um, Victoria was desperately short of teachers. And so they offered studentships, um, which meant that um, your uh, fees, university fees would be paid um, and you would be given a living, a small living allowance, which um, uh, lasted until the end of your deped year. But then you were legally required to um, teach for a minimum of three years um, in return for the studentship. And so I got both of these and I um, asked mum, oh, I don't know, which one should I take? And mum said, you're going to take the studentship and start to earn some money for a change. <laughs> um, so, so, Which is what mothers did back then. Yes, well, so uh, <laughs> I ended up with the studentship and um, then at the end of Deped, when I knew there were a lot of those on studentships were being um, put into country schools, That's I right. thought, well, if I'm going to go to a country school, um, it, it should be one where I can surf. So I applied for schools all along the Victorian coast. Um, <laughs> But, actually, but then I was sent to Hyatt High School. Oh. And, um, <clears throat> There's no surf near Hyatt, David. No, no. I was surprised to, to be given a city school. And um, uh, so then I was at Hyatt for five years. Now, um, by, the, by the end of my first year there, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, when, I, when I first sort of up, uh, accepted the studentship, I thought, oh, well, you know, Teachers get long holidays, um, so it can't be all that bad. But as I said, by the end of the first year, I knew that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And in fact, I don't know whether I would have been a, um, <coughs> a good principal or deputy principal or not, but I never applied for one because I never wanted to leave the classroom. Um, <coughs> as far as getting into drama teaching is concerned, I, um, my only excuse for not having any drama teaching qualifications is that when I was at university, there were none available. That's you right, the courses weren't in place no, at that no, time. No, and, um, But I trained as, a, as an actor um, for two years at a place called Emerald Hill Theatre, oh, where right. uh, Walt Cherry subsequently went on to become Professor of Drama at Flinders University in South Australia, and George Whaley, who died just two or three weeks ago, mm. Um, mm. was one of the main actors there, but also one of the main teachers. Um, and we did, um, you know, acting, um, uh, breathing, fencing, um, dance with, a, with a, a woman called Margaret Lassiker, who apparently was called Massacre Lassiker um, <laughs> by um, a lot of others because she worked you very hard. Um, and uh, history of theatre. and. Um, then and I, was, I was trying to think about it, but I don't remember under what circumstances, but I knew that I saw a number of, um, it might have been films at that stage, of um, Dorothy Hethcote, um, okay. who pioneered uh, educational drama in England. 
How did you come by those films? How, I don't remember. I'm oh, sorry. It's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so it was six uh, six looms waiting, wasn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. that's right. And um, um, th that had a big influence on me. Uh, but also, as I said, it was it was um, something into which I could fit my my acting training okay. as well. And so. Uh, Probably my second year at Hyatt was when I started to introduce drama into the curriculum to, um, to junior classes. And um, I think that's how I started. And that was the beginning of an incredibly <coughs> long and dedicated life in that world. Well, yes. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't call myself dedicated. I loved it. I, I, I had a fantastic time because I had five years at uh, Hyatt. As I said, I'm in some notes, in about the third or fourth year there, I introduced Year 11 Drama, um, which was one of the first Year 11 Drama mm. courses in the mm. state. And Max Gillies was my supervisor. Oh, um, for heaven's sake. And, um, they put it into a few schools as a trial, didn't they? At that it may time? have been. I wasn't aware of, you know, as far as I was concerned, it was Year 11 Drama was starting and mm. that was it. Um, and um, then um, the, uh, the customary overseas visit for a year, um, in, at, then into McKinnon High where I taught drama and English. Um, <coughs> and then um, for eight years I was a, a, a consultant at a place called the Drama Resource Centre. In which, Bouverie in Street. In Bouverie Street, that's yes. right, yes. Um, and upstairs we had a number of other staff who were consultants and downstairs we had a theatre and education team. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so I was there for eight years and then I went back to Hyatt. But Hyatt was in the process of, of transforming itself into a secondary college. And so it amalgamated with Hampton High, by Morris High, and took over the um, um, uh, Sandringham Technical School. So that by then, um, uh, the tech, the tech location became the senior part of, of Sandringham Secondary College. So the College. senior campus. The senior campus for 11s and 12s. Hampton was sold and uh, so our students were fed in from Bo Morris and, and, um, and the Hyatt Junior Campus. Um, and uh, But um, I had a ball there, um, largely because um, we developed a very a very strong performing arts faculty there, um, led by this fellow. Your previous Charles. overseer then became your colleague. No, no, that's Charles. Oh, Slukey. that's Max Gilly. Sorry, yeah, Max. we're talking about Charles now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, there was also another uh, uh, drama teacher on the staff called Russell Davies, mm -hmm. who, who went on to become um, principal. Uh, I always forget the name of the school, but it was a school just this side of Dandenong. Um, <coughs> And uh, so with three of us on the staff, we could do, the, I mean, like, uh, we, we had a, a, um, a, one year we had a production of um, Greece with 215 kids in it. Wow. Well, there's no <laughs> way that you could do that by yourself. <coughs> um, but um, one of the things that Charles had a particular ability to do was to get other staff to join in in one way or another. So. <coughs> At the end of the hall where we were performing Greece, we had a cafeteria uh -huh. and staff 
would um, would uh, work in that during the intervals, but outside the deputy principal um, was um, cooking stuff on on a barbecue <laughs> to come in. You know, for, for so Charles created a very community atmosphere and <coughs> uh, and and way of being because Sandringham had the most amazing reputation. I think it, it did. As, as a, it was very, very ahead of its time in that regard for performing yeah, arts. Yeah, uh, I mean, at one stage, uh, I don't know why, but we had all the performing arts students um, in, in the new drama area, and there were about 250 of those. That was the Year 11 and 12 drama and theatre studies, and um, the music students and the uh, uh, dance students. and. Um, one of us, and I don't remember who, but one of us, for some reason or other, asked the, those kids who had an equity card, which is an act like an actor's mm. trade union card, um, <clears throat> to put up their hand. And 70 kids put up their hands. Were working in the industry. Yeah, were working in the industry. That's yeah. extraordinary. So, um, um, plus the fact, which is in a sense, by the way, but we had a, a, a staff there, uh, overall staff, who were very, very friendly, um, really good to be with and um, it, it made the whole thing very pleasant even despite the fact that you know um, <coughs> there were times when we were um, working six days a week mm. because we'd have a rehearsal from 10 o'clock in the morning till 7 o'clock at night on mm. a Sunday and so on and so forth and um, um, can I go on to three things that we, we uh, that, that were introduced that were Pretty, or yes, do you want to because I'd like to ask you about um, about change right. in in the area of drama and education. So certainly, talk about the three things that were implemented, and then maybe think about change. Well, two of two of them were introduced by Charles. Um, one, uh, which was a, a, a fabulous program, and that was that once a week the Year Eleven drama students would go up to the local special school, which was Bentley East and um, have a drama class with them. Okay. Now, um, there were some years when there were three year 11 drama classes, so there would be three drama classes up at Bentley with each of the classes going up with their teacher. And um, it was, uh, it was uh, I, I thought it was a terrific program because not for all, but for some of those students at, at, at the special school, the relationship which they had with, they had with their um, Sandringham student was the most important relationship they had in the whole year. Um, I think you've got an image there, the picture beside the chair of the um, of the yeah. students with the the, um, bend, uh, the other students from the special school. Yeah, there there, there were three of those were were, were uh, our our people, and those three there or four were students from um, Bentley from Bentley East, um, and. Um, it was a win-win uh, in the sense that, you know, firstly, our students learnt that you don't have to cross the road if you see somebody um, um, uh, with Down syndrome coming down the path toward, towards you. Um, and, uh, and in fact, there were some of our students who, once they had graduated from um, school, and some of them who then went into, into acting and so on, if they were free, they would just come back of their own accord and take a drama and session. And continue to participate. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, and as I said, you know, uh, so they learnt an enormous amount. I remember on one occasion, we had a, a boy come in from a, a, 
a well-known private school with quite severe autistic syn syndrome mm -hmm. in the sense that he was incredibly shy. Mm -hmm. And um, one of my students came to me and she didn't ask. She told me that um, they weren't going to come into class for the first two or three months of that year. They were just going to walk around the school and chat. And um, I trusted her Im implicitly and um, she, um, and she did that. And then when, when she finally brought him into the class, he started very slowly taking, taking part in, in whatever the activities we were doing. But um, by the end of the year, he was happily participating in, in whatever the drama activities were. And it just happened that, that he was in my class um, the following year. Mm -hmm. And by at least halfway through that following year, he was taking the lead. It's amazing, in, isn't in, it? In, in, in whatever, you know. But how wonderful that the young student you're describing instinctively understood what would work yep. for that yep. particular boy. Yeah. That's yeah. that's extraordinary. And so what was your second change? Well, the, the second thing was also instituted by Charles and that was um, every year we would go to, Ad to Adelaide, to either the Adelaide Festival oh, wow. or to what then was called the Come Out Festival, which yeah. probably changed its name now. Um, but, but that meant that, that, you know, as students we could see performances from all over the world, um, get an idea of, of the sorts of standards that um, were um, uh, that, that were available if you if you went overseas or, or that you would have to live up to. We also would do one session at a local special school there in the in the ten days or so, so that we were that there. Carrying that tradition. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, although I did notice that the, that the kids at that special school seemed to have a much higher level of disability than the ones at, at, at Bentley East. I, for example, um, I remember one really skinny little kid there who was the product of fetal alcohol oh, syndrome okay. and so on. So, yes. but, um, uh, so I mean, one, uh, every two years um, we would see, um, we would go to the Adelaide Festival, which meant that on one of the two years, 11 or 12, the, the students would see the Adelaide Festival. And then the other year was um, Come Out Festival was when, um, mainly young performers, um, by young I suppose they were, you know, up to 22, 23, mm -hmm. whatever it is, <coughs> from various groups around the country would perform. Um, and, uh, um, you know, it was a, it was a terrific time. Um, we, you know, we enjoyed ourselves. Um, often um, the kids didn't get to bed till midnight, <laughs> but hey, you had to be up. Nor did time. you. <laughs> uh, um, well, one of the things was that Charles could happily stay awake till three o'clock in the morning oh, right. and then get up at six and start working. And, and I, was a day, I was a day person, so after 11 o'clock I was non-existent. Um, um, so you'd hand the baton over? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and we had um, <coughs> a number of staff there, not, uh, not just the drama staff, yes. um, uh, who would um, be dri dri driving the sort of minibus around to take takes it to different places and so on. The third um, thing um, I think that was important was in fact suggested by our principal, Patricia Robinson. Wow. And that was um, instead of going to Adelaide, let's go to England or England and America. There's another fabulous principal. We've heard about a few really extraordinary yeah. leaders. That's right. And um, um, so, 70, uh, 93, 95 and 97, I think after I left in 99 and 2001, 
Um, we went to England, we went first to Kings Lynn to perform in the Kings Lynn Arts Festival mm -hmm. there. Um, but our students were, were home hosted by students from there as well. And um, uh, after Kings Lynn, we would go to London and see as much theatre in the West End as we could fit in in the time. But and so how long were you there for, David? Uh, about three weeks altogether. Oh, so that's well, quite a good yeah, stay. Yeah, but, but then part of that was also in California. Okay. Um, so we'd see a lot of, of theatre in London, um, take the kids on, one, uh, on a couple of excursions. One of them was to um, Stratford-on-Avon, mm -hmm. uh, and we'd go to the Shakespeare Museum and so on and so forth. Um, we would also um, shot stay, because I'd been previously, because I was from England originally, but um, stay or visit one part of, of, of the um, Cotswolds. Oh, lovely. And um, um, just show them what a Cotswolds village was like. And we were in one village, and I always forget the name of it, but um, uh, I remember we, we were in the village and um, there was a beautiful stream that's running just out there. And in the Cotswolds, for some reason, the streams are usually not more than about 18 inches or two feet deep. And, and the water is sparklingly clear mm -hmm. and they're beautiful. And um, I was in a street there and this boy um, who was, I don't know, year 11 or 12 and sort of fairly heftily built, but not a muscle man or anything, but he came rushing up to me and he said, I could get married here. <laughs> All of the romantic, yeah, romantic yeah. side of That's him right. came to the fore. That's right, yes. So, How um, funny. And, and then, um, then we would go over to, uh, well, firstly to Dallas, uh, only because um, one of Charles's relatives, I've forgotten who it was, was teaching in Dallas. But he would organise for us to perform at the high school um, and um, at a uh, senior college there. Uh, but, it, in, but while we were there, obviously we would visit the site where um, um, <coughs> JFK was assassinated and the okay. go to the JFK Museum. And then, um, uh, then we would go to um, Los Angeles and I've forgotten the name of it now, but uh, uh, just a way out of Los Angeles, there was a, um, an arts festival and um, we would perform there and we, they would then, we would then take the kids on a bus trip um, down the coast and over into um, Mexico. Yeah, so down through the panhandle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we didn't, uh, well, I've forgotten, the, you might remember it, the, the, the name of the, the um, town just over the border. Um, but um, just visiting there, it gave the kids an insight into a totally different lifestyle because, you know, Mexico is, is not exactly London or no, Los Angeles. No, it's a very different world. That's right. And, um, and this travelling overseas, um, I think also was, was useful for two other reasons. First, it gave kids um, an insight to travel and what the processes are and, you know, how to look after yourself when you're travelling mm. and so on and so forth. Mm. Um, but um, uh, Sandringham was, was not a wealthy school. There were some parents um, down one in the Beaumaris end, shall we say, who um, would be able to pay for their kids' trip and give them spending money and so on. But up the other end, um, there might be some parents who would say, right, we'll pay for your trip. You've got to earn all your pocket money. Yes, to Spending spend. money um, or whatever. And um, so A, the kids therefore had to focus on 
getting a job somewhere, earning the money, putting the money aside, not spending it. Um, and um, <clears throat> But also, we used to say to the kids, just because you're going on this trip, that, is, that gives you no excuse not to hand in homework or to, <laughs> yes. or to hand it in late. Yes, so, so you've got to keep up those other commitments. Yes, so it meant that they, they had to be focused hmm. on, on, um, um, uh, on every aspect of their lives for that period because it was often um, about 15 or 18 months that kids would sign up Yes. Parents would sign so there's for lots the of trip. time and then pay in installments. Yeah, and that's get right. It that's right. Yeah. And and, and um, um, we had somebody who gave us an enormous amount of help, uh, with that, and that was a fellow called Murray Thompson, who was the son of Lindsay Thompson, who was the premier, who oh, was a premier really? Victoria. And Murray was the local member, um, and um, uh, he just became involved because he wanted to and he wanted to help us raise money. And um, on one of those trips, he organised a, um, a debate with uh, one of them, uh, one of them was Barry Jones, okay. um, a speaker, and the other was, I've forgotten his name now, but he was a very, very well-known Australian historian <coughs> and very conservative. Mm -hmm. And um, that was organised in the, the, the that main gallery at the national at the national gallery, the one at, at the back there with the decorated ceiling, the glass ceiling, and um, um, one. Of, I mean, I have to say this. One of the things about uh, Murray Thompson was that there was never a single time when they when he either um, uh, obviously took any credit for himself or whether he pushed his party. You know, so uh, he didn't take that opportunity no, to no. You know, raise the flag. No, not at all. And um, there were times when, when, when Charles and I would confront him and say, if, if Victoria is going to have a liberal premier, then it needs to be you. <laughs> and and he, his response was, all I want to be is the best possible local member. Yes. And um, it sounds like he helped you make amazing change and introduce the students to incredible experiences. What you're describing runs true to the adage of, you know, it takes a village to raise a child and mm. it seems as though Charles had a knack of doing that, you know, within his own school but also drawing on external resources to give these young people really meaningful experiences. Could I ask you about highs and lows in your career, David? You know, you could go in any order. When have you had, a, what has been a particularly high point, memorable point in your career, do you think? That the only reason that that's a little bit difficult for me to answer is because um, I enjoyed almost the whole time. You know, I mean, there may have been, uh, in one respect, I suppose it was a low point because one year when I, at, at, um, at Hyatt, um, I had to play band as the school play. Oh. And that was Marat Saad. Really? Um, but um, I think it was when I came back there um, in about 1985, um, and I did it, and so that was my revenge. That you, um, you finally got your yeah. way. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wasn't I, I wasn't devastated when it was banned, and I think we we chose, I found something else to do at any rate. Mm. Um, um, 
but I, I mean, in the whole time at, at, at that school, um, uh, there, I mean, there were occasionally uh, very, very minor things when I was at McKinnon, one of the teachers who I won't name, um, and I'd chosen to do Peer Gint as a, as a school production. And um, he said, he came up to me and he said, I hope that you'll um, treat the rape scene very carefully. Mm. And I, rape, rape scene, Peer Gint. And all he was referring to was the time when Peer Gint escapes from um, his town or whatever it was and takes his young girl up to the top of a mountain. That's, and that's right. all. But as far as he was concerned, it was a rape scene. You know? <laughs> um, and, um, <clears throat> but um, I've, you know, the whole process of working with students, um, of seeing them develop, um, of um, encouraging them. And I think the fact is that with um, performing arts perhaps, and with English, which I also taught, um, <clears throat> um, there, there, make, there, there comes times at times when um, what you're doing with the kids uh, um, echoes in their own existence and you become closer. So I've got, you know, um, well, I mean, Fiona, um, yes. Uh, was the next student. Yes. And then she went off and, and, and trained as an actor and, and worked like that for a couple of years. And then she came back as a colleague, you know. Um, on the day, it was actually um, last Monday, when I was, I was at her daughter's birthday party. On the way down, I'd called in on another, another um, former student who'd had a baby seven or eight months earlier. Yes. And, you know, I spent an hour or so with her. And it, it was just something that was fulfilling. One thing that I did realise, I realised very not long after I started that I wanted to be popular. <laughs> um, and, and then I, I was taught a, a really interesting lesson because um, <clears throat> there was, um, I think it was actually my first year, there was... Um, a boy I didn't know or only knew very slightly, I didn't teach, he was in year 10, but he came up to me when I was on um, um, corridor duty during lunchtime uh, with some questions and we talked for about 20 minutes or 20 minutes or longer about it and so on and so forth and then the bell rang. Um, then at the end of the year, um, with the year, form, year, year 10 class that I was form teacher of, I expected, um, not presents, but I expected Christmas cards and so on, only because it was what? I used to do when I was at school mm -hmm. and um, I didn't get a single one but from this boy who I spent 20 minutes with um, one on one day during the year I got uh, a card and um, oh, a gentleman's um, flash soap or something but I, I got a present and what that made me realize was that yes I would probably be popular with a quarter of the kids I would probably be unpopular with a quarter of the kids and there'd be half of the kids who wouldn't care whether I lived or died, you know. Um, and so whatever happened would happen. But so if you were to send a message or give some advice to um, emerging and up-and-coming drama and theatre teachers, what, would, what, what advice would you offer them, David? Maybe two or three things. I think the first thing is that I don't think you should be in teaching full stop any subject at all um, if you don't care for the 
people that you're teaching. Mm -hmm. There's a funny story about that very, very briefly. In the first few years when we did reports, we, oh, they were all handwritten. Mm -hmm. And then we, we for the administration, that. we had, had to provide a three-line summary for the administration of the report that we'd written. But for one reason or other, we had to then provide a one-line summary of the three-line summary. <laughs> it's, it's very Kafkaesque. Yeah. Well, actually, it's an interesting connection you mentioned there because there was a teacher on the staff who was a science teacher, but her family history went back to um, Liszt and Wagner. Ah. And um, I, I, saw, no, I, I don't know why I saw it, but I saw the um, one-line summary she did for one of the boys in her year 10 science class when she simply wrote, I tried, my God, I tried. <laughs> you know? um, so the, f so the, first thing, the, first, the first thing is that. <clears throat> the second thing I think is that um, you, you, you have to be conscious of the importance of the subject and of the subject matter that you're teaching. You have to believe that they are contributing. And I mean, um, uh, in my first year out teaching, I, 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 there were two teachers who really demonstrated that very, very strongly, and, and neither of them were in drama. One of them was a, uh, a metalwork teacher, mm -hmm. and in those days, his way of keeping um, discipline in the, in, in the class was to give kids a belt over the back of the head <laughs> if they stepped out of line. Um, and, um, but he used to come back two nights a week to take, take the year 10 boys for metalwork and woodwork, and every year um, they used to win prizes at the, um, at the Royal Show. You know, and the other um, was, um, I can mention his name, his name was Ken Bennett, who I think went on to become treasurer or something of the ALP, but um, he was an art teacher uh, and he, he'd started teaching a little bit before me. And um, um, in those days, this is way back in the early, in, well, in the mid 60s, um, there was often a suspicion that if somebody was an art teacher, then they must be gay. You know, or there's a good chance or that they could be. Or just a more frivolous sort yes, of person, yes. a bit flaky, yeah. you know, that, that, bohemian. Right. It was that sort of tag, That's wasn't right. it? And, um, but Ken, um, in 1963, had been a member of Collingwood's um, uh, uh, premiership side <laughs> yeah. as, a, as a rover. And, um, you know, when, when, when he stripped down to take the boys for football training, and he was shorter than me, and they saw the way he was built, there was no way any of them was going to you know, uh, step out of line. And he was the form teacher of one of the year 10 classes. Um, and one of the kids in that class put a, put a kid in hospital on the very first day of school because he kicked his head in, you know. <clears throat> but Ken Bennett worked with those kids and, um, and they came to respect him so, so much that, um, um, that so many of them were saved from going to, um, to school. To, sorry, to jail. Yes, you to know. jail or taking and other other pathways that would, right. have, would have been unproductive well, I mean, and an damaging. Yeah, an example of that was I, uh, um, a number of years later, I was at the, uh, at, at, on the Hyatt campus at a, at a car boot sale and this guy in, in, in um, um, cycling gear came up to me and I recognised him because he'd gone on from the school and he'd become a, a fairly successful accountant, but also he was an agent for a number of um, AFL footballers. But he came up to me and he just looked at me and he said, you saved me from going to jail when I was at school. <laughs> and I said, oh yeah, how was that? And, and um, he said, you had me in the backstage team for the, co for the college 
play. Yeah. And I said, well, in that case, it wasn't me who saved you at all. You know, what it was, was being with a group of people where you were dependent on each other, when you had to make a contribution, where it was quite obvious if you weren't making a contribution, but hanging about, you'd get snapped at by somebody yeah. or other. And, um, and in fact, you know, um, with any college production, the backstage crew is just as important as the people yeah, on stage. Yeah, they're vital to what's Absolutely. going on. So there's, Absolutely. there's mutual respect That's there. That's right. Yes. And so him having, <coughs> you know, um, having been involved in that, that was, a, well, that was the thing that, that saved him for some reason. So, um, you know, um, having respect for the students, um, in by, by my second year, I realised that um, <clears throat> the only advantage that I had over some of the students I was teaching was a few, I was a few years older and a bit more experienced because they were smarter than I was. You know, basically, <laughs> as far as IQ was concerned, they were cleverer than I was. Yeah, some um, of the students astound you, don't they? Oh, with yeah. their, their, they have incredible minds yeah, and yeah. they're very, very informed about so many areas of oh, life yeah, they yeah. you know i and can remember my um my husband when i was correcting some work once you know uh folio work back when we had folios and at that time he was um he was general manager of melbourne theater company and he looked at these folios and he said this works incredible he said you know even some of the designers that we have when they come and give a pitch or haven't got work of this depth and and standard and i said well you know they, they are extraordinary yeah for some sure. of them are extraordinary oh yeah i, I didn't realize that he was at mcc because this is entirely by the way but <clears throat> um, when i was in england i went to a school called um, tiffin boys school oh tiffin uh, yes do you know? Did you? Do you know? I know, but I know people who have their child at Tiffin. Oh right, because um, <coughs> when I was doing my acting training at, at Emerald Hill Theatre, our voice trainer and I've forgotten her name was a, an ex-student from Tiffin Girls. Ah. Um, <coughs> and um, so on. But I mean, so it's you know, it's it's that respect for the, it's it's valuing the subject you're teaching, respect for the for the students, um, not seeking to be popular. Um, uh, <clears throat> whatever it is, um, uh, and I, I suppose it's sim it's simply just enjoying being with them, enjoying seeing them develop. Um, <clears throat> I think it was la might have been last year. I was at a um, an art craft thing that was being held in a in a um, scout hut down in Sandringham, and. Um, <clears throat> um, I met the fourth generation of Hyatt. <laughs> um, when I first started teaching, there was a lady there called Elvira Chitsi and she was on the staff teaching maths. Then I taught her daughter, Claire, um, <clears throat> who, God knows why, but did French um, with me in year 11, mm -hmm. because oh, she must have been at least, she was quite old, she was at least 26 or 27 by the time she got her PhD mm -hmm. in nuclear physics. Oh God! Um, yes. And then, <clears throat> and then I taught her two daughters, at, uh, back then at Sandringham, 
and then I met this little two-year-old who was the fourth generation. Who's the fourth generation. Yeah. It's incredible, isn't it, yeah, to, to be in a position to see that passage of time. Yeah. David, an illustrious and um, brilliant career, really, full of you know extraordinary highlights and working with wonderful people. Sometimes it's Sometimes you, you just stand still and you think, gee, wasn't I lucky to land in this paddock, in yes. this world? You know, I always felt very grateful for my career. Now, also, to, just to finish, we do have um, a number of texts here. Yeah, that the, 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 in one respect, the most significant one is this one. I remember this. I remember this text. <clears throat> yeah, this we produced this when when I was at the um, uh, the um, Boovery Street. Boovery Street, yeah, yes, the resource <clears throat> centre. We got a lot of complaints from from primary principals because they only got one copy of this per school, uh -huh. and they wanted copies for um, you know for more than for one all their teacher. Staff. Um, and um, along with along with that, um, we also produced this one that was mainly written by a fellow called John McLeod. Yes. Um, uh, that was a sort of a, a much closer. This was, um, when I graduated, this was a Bible. I remember John McLeod. Oh, this right. was like a Bible, you know. Yeah. It was the first book <coughs> that you rushed out. Um, there were a few at that time. A drama is real pretending was one, and the other one was Exit Pursued by a Bear. Do you remember? All right, yes, <laughs> yeah. That was Hogan's yeah. text, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then... And then there, there was this one that I wrote, um, or that I was asked to write by somebody or other. Um, which was, uh, 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 again, uh, for primary drama and so on. <clears throat> when, when I was at the drama, at, at the, at the at Bouverie Street, um, I th there may have been more than just me, but I, I found myself representing drama on the primary language committee. And um, <clears throat> so it was through increased exposure with primary language committee that, yeah. um, that I wrote that. And there was a it, drama found its roots in the primary, the primary oh, sector, yes, yes. Um, and and, and it sort of it built from there, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, this is I, I did I did um, um, Hamlet as a, as a year twelve production, one year, and after I'd finished doing it, I thought there's more to be told about Ophelia than Shakespeare tells in his text. Text. So I wrote this, um, which starts off with Ophelia as a 14-year-old, very spunky, very up, very um, <clears throat> full of energy and, and confidence. Um, the, the, the first act finishes, my first act finishes, where Shakespeare's first act starts with the death of old Hamlet. Um, and, it <clears throat> and it shows how over the years she was just you know, ground into the ground by Hamlet and by her father Polonius. By Polonius as um, well, yes, how she's um, taken yeah. advantage of or manipulated, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, Fantastic. And this one this, here? This, this one was, um, uh, again, came out of my drama experience because, as it says, it's language games for parents and, and little kids. Okay. to help develop their language abilities. And some of those um, that, that, that I include were, were ones that we did in class. You know, if you, yes. for example, in, in, in the lower primary kids, you um, get them in pairs, one of them closes their eyes, and then I, I put whatever's in term, terms of furniture around and on the floor and so on, and they have to be led round by the person. But as they're leading them around, they're telling a story of where they are and what they're doing. And 
what they're climbing over now and what it is and so on and so forth. And using and so descriptive <coughs> terminology. That, yeah. that, I mean, that's just in case anybody watching happens to be in publishing. Fantastic. Because uh, I've self-published these, um, <coughs> um, and, uh, but I need, a, I need a, an agent. But um, th there's one, I don't know if we're about to finish, but there's one quite funny story that I'd like to mention. Um, <coughs> uh, when, I was, uh, when, when I was at the Drama Centre, I was up in Mildura doing some work with primary teachers and I was um, introducing them to the idea of improvisation and the fact that improvisation could also be used as a way of exploring um, different topics. Yes. And so, and the topic we were looking at was status. And I had <coughs> two women um, exp uh, improvising a situation where um, they were they were the last two. One of them was going to be chosen as the um, um, uh, special secretary or whatever it's called to the CEO of a CEO of a particular com company. And what they had to do in this improvisation was try to achieve higher status than the other. Over the other. And finally, uh, almost finally, one of them said, "Well," she said, "I had did I had dinner with him last night," and the other one said. I had breakfast. <laughs> well, on that note, David Taylor, I toast you. Thank um, you. You could oh. uh, don't drink this, incidentally. All this right. is a prop. Okay. Drama is real pretending. Yes. Congratulations, David, thank and you. thank you so much for participating in our interview series. My pleasure.